0: In uh, John, the third chapter, we began into this last week into a new series that we are calling Eternal Life, Eternal Life. It's quite a big subject. I'm excited about it. It's perhaps the central theme of redemption. It's why Jesus came, and it's what he accomplished. In John, the third chapter, as we read last week, Nicodemus came to Jesus, and Jesus revealed to him that you must be born again. And he talked to him about being born of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit. And down in verse 14, John 3:14, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross. That, in other words, the reason that he did that, that that happened, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, perish has to do with death and destruction. Destruction and death. And whoever believes in him should not be destroyed and should not die, but have eternal life. Verse 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son That whosoever believes in him, see, he he just got through saying this, but it is so important. That whoever believes in him should not perish. Who are the ones that are not going to perish? Whoever believes in him. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, praise God. Verse 15, he says they would have eternal life. Verse 16, he says you'd have everlasting life. Now, these two words, so full of light and truth and power, everlasting or eternal, it means probably what you think it means. It means to go on Without ceasing, without stopping, we'd call it forever and ever, eternal life. And that's uh, kind of challenging for our minds to grasp because everything we've ever experienced had a start and has an end, but uh, God is eternal. His Word is eternal. His Spirit is eternal. And his life, life, is eternal life. And this this word life refers to more than physical life or physical existence. If you're not aware of God or aware of his word, then you'll think of life and death in terms of physical living, physical dying, but that's not true. And many people think that death is cessation. Death is the end. If something dies, that's the end of it. And because of that, millions of people on the planet are so afraid of death, and the Bible said that all their lifetime they're subject to bondage because of the fear of death. And people think that dying is the absolute worst thing that could ever happen to you. It is irrecoverable loss. And that's why people sorrow like there is no hope because somebody died. They're gone. That's it. Never see them again. They don't exist anymore. None of that is true. It's absolutely not true. When he says eternal life, he's not talking about living in the physical body forever. And he's not only talking about just existing forever. Life is what God is. It's what he has inside of him. And he is the only source of life. You can't get life from the prince of darkness. (laughs) You can't get life from the devil. He's the one who has worked death. And death is actually an enemy, 1 Corinthians 15 says. "It's Death is not a good thing. It's an enemy, the scripture says. But everlasting life is existing in life as God has it, and the only way you can do that is to exist with Him, to be with Him. And uh, death is not the cessation of existing. Death is separation. When the the spirit leaves the body or is separated from the body, that's when the body dies. When your spirit or anybody's spirit was separated from God, that means you're dead spiritually. Why? Because you're separated from God, who is life. If you're separated from life, even though you still exist, you are dead. The Bible talks about being dead while you live. So when he says eternal life, he's not just talking about existing forever, he's talking about experiencing God, who is life forever and ever. Does that sound good to you, child of God? If you skip on down to the end of the chapter here, 336, he sums up the chapter by saying, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believes not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. Now, um, we get into something here that's not very popular. (laughs) To hear people talk. Everybody who dies has gone on to a better place. That's simply not true. And to hear a lot of people talk nowadays that we need to be equally respectful of all the religions of the world. I actually had a a man that, that should know better trying to tell me not too long ago, he said, well, I... I was talking to some people of this other religion, and, and I think it's pretty much the same thing, they just go to God in a different way. And uh, it was not Christianity, it was not okay, but people have the idea that there are many ways to the same God, and you even hear some real dumb stuff. People say, well, I think the universe is trying to tell me something. Uh, Well, God created the universe. There's a God. And um, there's so much deception. There is so much ignorance. If you believe the Bible, you cannot accept all these variations and all these ideas that men have come up with. And I I think we should not be adamant unnecessarily. There's a lot of things if you don't agree with me about, I'm not going to fuss and fight with you about it. I mean, if you don't believe in healing, it's your loss, but I'm not going to fight with you about it. If you don't believe in prosperity, in abundance, in sowing and reaping, I'm not going to fight with you about it. But if you're going to try to tell me that there's any other way to eternal life besides faith in Jesus Christ, that's where I stick. Are y'all with me or not? That's where you run, it with me, you run into an impasse. Because I am not open-minded about any other idea, I cannot be if I believe the Bible. And why? Because, you know, if you didn't get healed, but you wind up in heaven with God for eternity, you're okay. If you didn't get your bills paid, but... You wind up in heaven with God for eternity, you're going to be okay. But if you don't wind up in heaven with God, you're not okay. And to assume that everybody will have eternal life, that everybody will go to heaven, it's a lie propagated by the evil one. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4 that the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that don't believe the gospel. No, the truth is, there's only one way. There's only one source of eternal life. It is through Jesus. Hallelujah, the Son of the living God. Now, I'm gonna give you scripture. We're gonna look at verse after verse to establish this. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, Let every word be established. Why why are we talking about this? Somebody said, well, Brother Keith, is is that the best thing you could come up with to talk about during these trying times? Well, first of all, I don't believe I came up with it. I believe I'm being led by the Spirit. But I can see just with my understanding, the only thing that will deliver you from the fear of death is to know you are born again, that you have eternal life that you cannot die." (laughs) Oh, come on, can you see that? It will deliver you from the fear of death and being subject to bondage and all that goes with that. If you don't have that, no matter how tough you try to be, you cannot shake the fear of death. If you think death is the end, if you think that's the cessation, then you can't help but be afraid of it. But thank God, the Son of God has come and he has given us eternal everlasting life as god has it oh somebody say thank god thank god thank god back up to verse 31 in this same chapter here john 331 he said he that comes from above is above all he that is of the earth is earthly And speaks of the earth. He that comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard. That he testified. And no man. Has received his testimony. Now you're going to see that word. Come up again this morning. Testimony. You'll also see the word witness. Witness. And what we see. Is the father's. Testimony. And the Son's testimony about what we're talking about in eternal life. Everybody say testimony. Whose testimony are we talking about? The Father's and the Son's. Jesus' testimony. He that received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. If you receive What God has said about this, then you are saying God has told the truth, and God is true. And you might say, well, uh, why would you ever say anything else? Billions of people on the planet are saying God is a liar. I know that's a strong thing to say, but I'm quoting scripture. You'll see it in just a moment. But if you receive His testimony, what? The testimony the Father God has given concerning His Son Jesus, and the testimony that Jesus Himself has given of who He is and what He is. When He says, I am the light of the world, you either believe that or you don't. When He says, I am the bread from heaven, When he says, I am the resurrection and the life. That's his testimony. That's his witness. Those of us who have been born again, we have accepted that testimony. We have received that witness and we say, it is true. God has told the truth. Jesus has told the truth. If you say he is not, or if you say there are other ways, whether you realize it or not, you are rejecting God's testimony and calling him a liar. He that has received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. How many will lift a hand and say, God is true? God is What do you mean? I accept his testimony. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure to him. The Father loves the Son, and have given all things into his hand. And that's when he said then, He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. Not going to get it, you have it. He that believes not the Son shall not see life. Is everybody going to experience eternal life? No. There will be those who don't see life and the wrath of God will stay on them even though Jesus paid the price for their sins, he took the wrath and judgment and punishment upon himself. Well, why would the wrath of God still come on him? Because they didn't receive God's testimony. They didn't receive Jesus. They didn't believe on him. They didn't receive what he has done. So they won't experience eternal life. Believers in him do and will, Unbelievers don't, and won't. And a lot of people don't like it that plain, but am I reading scripture, saints? I mean, the scripture is either true, or it's not true, and like we've already said, I'm saying God's witness is true. How about you? God's witness is true. Oh, somebody say, God's witness is true. God's witness is true. God's witness is true. Hallelujah. Go with me to 1 John, if you would, the fifth chapter. We're talking about eternal life. I have received Jesus. Most of you have received Jesus. I'm talking about everybody that's watching us. If you say, well, I don't don't know if I have or not, boy, are you in the right place. Before this time is over, you can do this. And because of that, I'm confident that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and that I have right now eternal life inside me. My spirit has been recreated and my spirit will never die. Never die. Even if the Lord tears is coming, and I live out my natural days down here, and my body dies, and I slip out of it. I won't even taste death. I won't even see death. Jesus already tasted it for me. I'll just slip out, and I'll go to be with him, which is far better even than being here. Can you say amen? In First John, the fifth chapter, And the first verse, 1 John 5, 1, it says, "...whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God." Now this is another way of saying born again. What the Master told Nicodemus, you must be born again. How do you get born again? You believe that what the Father said about Jesus is true, And that what Jesus said about himself as being the Savior of the world is true, and you received him, and born again. Everyone that loves him that begat, loves him also that is begotten of him. Skip down to verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Now this could also be translated testimony, the testimony of men. The testimony of God. For this is the witness or the testimony of God which he has testified of his Son. What is the witness? Verse 10. The Father has testified of the Son. He that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believes not God has made him a liar. You see why I was saying this earlier. Has made him a liar because he believes not the record that God gave of his son. This is the most serious thing we could talk about. This is the difference between life and death, heaven and hell. Eternity. What? What you choose to believe about Jesus. Now, The scriptures reveal that when Jesus came, that the works that he did bore witness of him. He said, I I don't do anything of myself, but the Father in me does the works. And when Jesus was baptized in the river, you remember, the heavens were opened. A voice spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, God spoke in an audible voice, and said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Hear him. What are we saying? The Father has testified multiple and varied ways that Jesus is his solution to the plight of humankind. Jesus is his gift to redeem mankind. Jesus is the only way. If you try to say, well, I think this religion is okay, well, I think this is okay, I think there are many ways, then you are saying God's testimony is not true. You're saying what God said about his son is not true. You're saying there's other ways. You're calling God a liar. I know that sounds harsh, but I didn't write this. And when heaven and hell are in the balance, we don't need to play games It's either true or it's not. It's either right or it's wrong. And he said, uh, he that believes on the Son of God has the witness in himself. When you do accept God's testimony and Jesus' testimony, that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life, and your salvation, and you are born again, now you have that witness inside yourself. And your spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit, Romans 8 says, that you are born of God, that you are a child of God, and that this is true. And we all know, every one of us born again, we have accepted God's testimony. Now, we got that testimony in ourselves, And that's what he said, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be what? You'll be witnesses. What are we witnesses to? We're witnesses to God's testimony, His Son's testimony. He saved us. He's the only way. And if you hadn't received Him, oh, do it right now. He's the only way. He's the only way, and when you do, you'll have this witness in yourself. People say, well, how can you be so adamant? Because they're not saved. They're just being intellectual. They don't know what we're talking about. But when you get born again, you know what we're talking about. The witness is inside you. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 11. This is the record. Do you hear these words? Witness. Testimony. Record. This is forever established in heaven. This is the record. God has given to us eternal life. Oh, somebody say, Thank you, Father. We've been around this. If you've been around church and you've heard some of these things, you've got to watch about, you know, taking it for granted. If this had not happened, you and I would live a few pitiful days down here and that'd be the end of us. Are y'all with me? We'd have no access to light and life in God. But because of this, we, are, we have been recreated and made the sons of the living God. The current possessors of life as he has it. And we will never die. Oh, hallelujah. Man, it delivers you from every kind of fear. It delivers you from every kind of restriction and every kind of bondage. Somebody said out loud, I'm born again. I have eternal life. I will never die. Thank you, Lord. This is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. It is the only place you can get this life. This life is not in somebody's idea of development and enlightenment. This eternal life is not achieved by a succession of good works and arriving on the third, fourth, and tenth, and hundredth level of enlightenment. There's only one source, only one place. You can get this eternal life. Everybody said out loud, this life. this life. He's talking about this eternal life. This life is where? In His Son. And the Father has said this. It's on record, it's His testimony. And when He says, The only way to me is through my Son, the only way to light and life and forgiveness and cleansing is through my son. And if you say, "Well, I don't accept your son." I believe he was just a man. I believe there are many ways to you. Well, then you, as I almost said something stronger, you're foolish. How about that? <laughs> you're foolish. <laughs> you're not smart. You know what I'm talking about? To to get in God's face and say, "You're a liar." You know, I know people don't realize that's what they're doing, but when you disagree with the witness and testimony that he has given, and you try to say, are there billions on the planet who are saying there are other ways, other ways to God? Well, it's all the same God by different names. It is not. And, you know, saviors, you know, there are people that try to tell you, well, Jesus, was a good man and he was a prophet and he was one of God's messengers, but there are others. That's a lie. That's a lie. Uh, that's countering God's witness. He said, the Father, the Almighty, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, said that the eternal life is in my Son. He's the gift. He is the bread from heaven. He is is the resurrection and the life. Oh, I'm so glad I've lifted my hand and say I accept God's testimony. I accept His witness and His record. How about you? Verse 12, He that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. Is there any ambiguity here? Is there any in-between? If you have the Son, who's the Son? Jesus, the Master. If you have Him, you have this life. If you don't have Him, you don't have this life. Let me read this to you from um, the complete English version, beginning with verse 10. It says, If we have faith in God's Son, we have believed what God has said. But if we don't believe, What God has said about his son, it is the same as calling God a liar, the complete English version. God has also said that he gave us eternal life and this life comes to us from his son. And so if we have God's son, we have this life. But if we don't have the son, we don't have this life. Skip on down to verse 13 in the King James. He said, these things I've written to you, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Are you hearing a recurring theme here? Believe on the name of the Son of God. Believe on the name of the Son of God. Believe in Him. In Him is life. Only in Him. In the Son. Verse 20, we know that the Son of God is come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him that is true and we are in Him that is true even in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Oh, praise God. Somebody say "Praise praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go with me to John 8, please. John the 8th chapter. Thanks be to God. The truth will make you free. In John 8 and verse 12, John 8, 12, it said, Then spake Jesus again to them, and he said, I am the light of the world. Who's the light of the world? Is anybody else the light of the world? No, I mean we are light only because we're his body. He's the head, we're his body. But he's still the light of the world. He manifests the light through us as we allow him to. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of Of life. The Pharisees therefore said to him, you bear record of yourself. Your record is not true. (laughs) Isn't that something? What were they doing? They were calling him a liar. See, the, the enemies behind this, the only way he can keep people in bondage to death is to keep them blinded to the truth. And so sure, when anybody says Jesus is the light, he's the life, he's the resurrection, he's redemption, he's the savior of the world, and the only one, the enemy is immediately going to rise up and go, oh, no, 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 now, in fact, if you read 1 John, it says the spirit of antichrist is that which denies that God has come in the flesh, and another way of saying that is that Jesus is just a man. If he's just a man, then he's not the word made flesh. He's not God manifested in the flesh. He's not the Christ. And so that is Antichrist. And when we hear that, it conjures up some um, you know, sci-fi type end time something. But Antichrist is very much with us right now, has been for generations. What is it? It's denying. That Jesus is more than just a man. That Jesus is more than just a good moral teacher or a prophet. He is the only, only way to the Father and the only source of eternal life. Without him, you don't have God and you don't have eternal life and you won't go to heaven and you won't be okay without him. And when you say it that plainly, there's a lot of people don't like it. (laughs) But it's because of the spirit of Antichrist against the Christ. The Pharisees said, your record's not true. Verse 14. Jesus answered and said, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know where I came and where I go. But you cannot tell where I come and where I go. Verse 15. You judge after the flesh, I judge no man. Yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I'm not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It's also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. You know, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And here Jesus is bringing that up. Verse 18, I am one that bear witness of myself. And the Father that sent me, in other words, he's the other, I'm one, and the second is the Father that bears witness of me. And they said to him, where is your Father? Jesus said, you neither know me nor my Father. If you have known me, you should have known my Father also. You cannot separate Jesus from the Father. You cannot say, I know God, but I don't accept Jesus. The scripture says otherwise. Verse 24, skip down to that. Verse 24, I said therefore to you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. You can't make it any plainer than this. If you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, if you don't believe he is the one, you will die and you won't go to a better place. You will die lost in your sins. Not because the Lord didn't make provision, but because you didn't accept God's testimony. You didn't accept the Master's testimony. Verse 51, if you skip on down, so much in this great chapter, but verse 51, Verily, verily, I say to you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never See death. (laughs) Now, we know if the Lord Tares is coming, your your body's not going to live forever. You'll slip out of it, but you won't even see death. You won't even taste death. You won't experience death. You'll be in the body one moment, out of the body the next. Remember, Paul talked about, he said, whether in the body or out of the body, I couldn't tell. You'll just be free from the limitations and restrictions, and you will depart and you will go to a better place. You'll go to be with the Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, how good he is. How good he is. How good he is. Go with me, please, to the book of Second uh, John. You know, just, just one chapter there. I'll tell you what, um, let's do it a little bit different. Stop by, it's on your way, 1 John 2, 22. I know this sounds a little strong, but I'm just reading the scripture. The scripture is strong. And we must stop being so concerned about being politically correct and about possibly offending somebody. I like what Brother Billy Graham said, who's gone home to be with the Lord now, he said so many of our modern preachers and ministers and Christians are so concerned about offending any and everybody except God. They're not concerned about offending God. (laughs) No, we, we, we need to not back off of the truth. Why? Because people are dying without the Lord. And we don't need to comfort them in their ignorance and in their deception because they might get their feathers ruffled here in this life. Like we said, I'm not going to fight with you about a lot of things. And I'll be, you know, give you some room and give you some space. But when it comes to this, don't try to get me to agree with you because I won't at all. There's only one God and only one mediator Between God and men, the man, Christ, Jesus. Somebody say only one, only one, only one, only one. In the book of Acts, it says there's only that one name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's just the one name of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. He said, no man, nobody comes to the Father except by me. In fact, uh, you know, I quoted it, but put it on the screen. I want everybody to see. Let's make sure I, I said it right. John 14, John 14, 4. Gospel account of John 14, 4. Jesus said, where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. Keep going. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. He didn't say I'm a way. I'm one of many ways. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Everybody read this out loud, this last part. No man comes to the Father, but, or we might say, except by me. Is this true or not? This is Jesus' testimony. Do we accept it or do we not? If you say there's any other mediator, there's any other prophet savior, there's any other means or way to the creator, to God, except by Jesus, then you are calling Jesus a liar right here. You're not accepting his testimony. Jesus said, no man. Are there any exceptions to this? no man comes to the father but by me he is the only way the only way to the father with that in mind look now to 1 john 2 what did the bible say the truth will do for us take away your confusion take away the ambiguity it'll set you free oh praise god <laughs> it'll set you free. It'll make you free. 1 John 2, 22. 1 John 2, 22. Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? Now, when we say the Christ, that means he's more than a man. He's the Messiah. He is the Word made flesh, the anointed Redeemer of mankind. If you say he's just a good man, then you are that liar that denies this. That one is an antichrist that denies the Father and the Son because when you deny what Jesus said, you just got through denying the Father because the Father's the one who sent him and the Father also gave his testimony and said, this is my beloved Son. Listen to him. He said that life is in him. Verse 23 Whoso denies the Son, the same has not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son has the Father also. A lot of people don't believe that verse. They try to tell us that there are those who don't accept Jesus, but they also have a relationship with God, that they know God and they have the Father. But they have rejected the Son. That doesn't agree with this. We must decide what we believe, saints. Whoever denies the Son, what does the Scripture say? You don't have the Father. But if you acknowledge the Son, you have the Son and the Father. They're a package deal. (laughs) You cannot separate them though millions are trying. In verse 24, Let that there abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us. What is it? What is it? What is it? Even eternal life. People say, yeah, you know, preacher, you're just narrow, narrow narrow-minded and saved. I have eternal life. And I'm, I'm not trying to be adamant. I'm reading scripture. I'm reading scripture. Do we accept the testimony of the Father and the testimony of the Son? Look in 2 John, just one chapter, just over a page or so. 2 John and the ninth verse. Second John 1.9, whoever transgresses and abides not in the doctrine of God has not God. If you don't believe and, and receive the teaching of Jesus the Christ, you don't have God. Anybody who says they do are lying about it, that previous passage said. He that abides in the doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. Verse 10, if any come to you and bring not this doctrine, what doctrine? The teaching that Jesus is the Christ, the only way, the Savior, the Redeemer. If somebody says, no, there are many ways, don't receive him into your house. Don't bid him God's speed. He that bids him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. God's Word translation, God's Word translation in verse 9 says, everyone who doesn't continue to teach what Christ taught doesn't have God. The person who continues to teach what Christ taught has both the Father and the Son. Can you have a relationship with God while rejecting Jesus? The Father said no. Jesus said nobody can come to the Father except by me. The Spirit of God through these writings says you can't have the Father without the Son. You can't have eternal life without Jesus. You can't be saved. You can't go to a better place. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Somebody say, I believe it. I, I believe. Do you accept the testimony? Do you accept? Look with me. Thanks be to God. In uh, John the 10th chapter, this whole chapter deals with this subject as well, but one of these great I AM statements is here in verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily. Now that to us sounds a little funny because we don't talk like that in our modern vernacular. When's the last time, in just a conversation over a meal, you started a sentence by saying, verily, verily. (laughs) The reason I say that is because you don't hear it right because of its unfamiliarity. But why? Everything, Jesus never told a lie. Everything he said is true. He is the truth. Why would he preface a statement with this? Verily. Verily, we might say it like this, in in verity, verity is verified truth. You could say it like this, this is true, this is true. Praise God, I'm, I'm telling you the truth, I'm telling you the truth. I am the door of the sheep. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I am the what? I am the door of the sheep. Somebody said out loud, He is the door. He is the door. I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. There are a lot of people who claimed to be Messiah and Savior then, now, in the future, but it's not true. There's the only only the one. Verse nine. Verse nine. I am the door. Everybody say, he is the door. I am the door. He is the door. By me, if any man enter in, you remember in Revelation, he said, I stand at the door and knock. Now what door is that? Somebody said, he is the door. Yeah, but there's a door on your heart. That's your door. If you open that door, then he will come into you and you will enter through him into eternal life by me if any man enter in he'll be saved and will go in and find pasture the thief comes not before to steal and to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life and we know it is this eternal life and that they might have it this eternal life more abundantly oh somebody say thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Verse 27, he said, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me, and I give to them eternal life. Who can give you eternal life? Only Jesus. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. He didn't say, I am the Father. He said, we're one. Just like the Bible talks about you and I. He prayed that we would be one. There's no disagreement, no discord between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. They are one. What does it mean when he says, I am the door? I was reminded last night as I pondered these things, What happened, and and everything that happens in the Old Testament are types and shadows of reality and fulfillment in the new. And uh, when the earth became filled with evil and violence, I mean, the Bible said the whole planet, I mean, all mankind, with the exception of Noah and his family, had given themselves over to evil and violence. And God had spoken that destruction would come on the whole thing. And the only ones, somebody say only ones, the only ones who were saved were Noah and his immediate family. And how were they saved? Everybody help me out. How many arcs were there? (laughs) There was no uh, Buddhist arc our Islamic ark, come on, y'all with me or not? I'm sorry, there was only one ark, and it had only one door. (laughs) Y'all with me or not? How many ways to get into the ark? If you could get in the ark, you wouldn't perish with everybody else that's gonna perish. You could be saved, you could have life, you could live. But the only way to get in the only one ark was in the only one door. What is this portraying? There are not many arks. There are not many different religions whereby you can be saved. And there are not many ways into the salvation. There are not many doors, many avenues. You can't, you know... um, climb a rope up the side. You can't land a helicopter on the deck. You can, there's only one door. Oh, somebody say one door, one door, one door, one door, one door. And the door is a person. Who is the door? Oh, come on, help me out. Say, who is the door? Jesus said I am the door. If you believe on me, you'll come in and you'll have eternal life. Oh, somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Only one door. Stand on your feet if you would. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.